What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and I'm joined by Ben Bolin, who is the video editor here at HowStuffWorks.com also. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well, Scott. That was a great introduction. I... Oh, it was smooth. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was quick, smooth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's something not so smooth. Not I so wanna, smooth. I, not a very good transition here. I want to talk about pumpkin chucking. Pumpkin chunking. I do. The show? Yeah, the show that's on uh, the Science Channel. It's on Thanksgiving night. And there's a show called uh, The Road to Pumpkin Chunkin', which is at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Oh, and then Pumpkin Chunkin' itself, which is at 9. Correct. Immediately yes. following. So Thanksgiving night, an evening on the Science Channel full of Pumpkin Chunkin'. Mm -hmm. And you'll be full of turkey, so it'll be easy to sit and just watch something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Try to stay awake, right? Because, right. uh, you know, don't overdo it on the turkey. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, Scott, I, I will definitely take that under advisement. I wanted to come to you with a question that some people have probably been wondering about. And uh, we have, it is, of course, car-related. Okay. And, and we have a, uh, we actually have an article about this, too. So I did cheat just a little bit on this one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, I bought a car, and I've got a couple of friends who lease cars. And, um, you know, all my friends are under the impression that they are funny people. Mm -hmm. um, no offense, guys. And uh, <laughs> they, they have constantly made jokes to me about you know buying or leasing a car and so i wanted to come to you as an expert and ask you uh which is smarter buying or leasing a car which is smarter i can give you a definite answer it depends that is a definite <laughs> answer yeah okay. yeah real definite right uh, it, yeah. it actually it depends on uh your individual needs it depends on mm. um every situation is different so it's better for some to lease and it's better for others to buy Okay, well, all right. In that case, then, that sounds suspiciously like a disclaimer, but it sounds like a very good one and a truthful one. So in this situation, I guess the first thing we should do is we should break down what the definition is. You know, I'll, I'll do buying a car because that's the easier one. Okay. When you, when you buy a car, you make a down payment, you usually work out a financial agree agreement uh, wherein you pay a certain amount 
each month. I guess if you're at a particular stage in life financially, you mm-hmm. might just buy a car, you know, uh, buy it outright, buy it outright in cash or in, you know, some other means you may barter for a car. Who knows? Possibly. The, yeah. the outright purchase doesn't happen too often. It's it's relatively rare. Most people have some financing. Yeah, usually. And they call that traditional financing, as right. a matter of fact. Um, but kind of the, I don't know, I want to say the trend, but it's not really a trend anymore. It's been happening for a long time. Um, you can also lease a vehicle. And the leasing is slightly different in that you're just really paying for the use of the vehicle while you have it. You're not really, um, you're not you're not buying the overall vehicle, but you, mm-hmm. you are paying a pretty decent sum to use it for that amount of time, whatever that time is, you know, whether it's uh, 24 months or 36 months or, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I've even seen them up to 60 month lease, um, which seems like a long time to me, but um, I don't know, the lease terms and and, um, vehicles, you know, they they vary from dealer to dealer and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what they offer and what's, uh, just what's out there, what's available, what's possible. And they're they're highly variable, especially in terms, um, some have mileage. Uh, qualifications, yeah, restrictions, know, yeah, restrictions, restrictions. Is Some of those, <laughs> in fact, restrictions also. Um, the the mileage restrictions come into play when when I'm thinking about leasing a vehicle. I mm-hmm. I can't do it. There's no way because some of these vehicles. Uh, the amount that you're allowed to drive every year is something like twelve thousand miles. Now you can buy up to, I think it's about fifteen thousand is what they're allowing in most cases. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there are plans to buy additional miles, or you can buy uh, just additional miles per mile. Uh, beyond that, if you'd like, if you know that you're going to drive more. Um, but really, you know, if you're going to drive between twelve and 15,000 miles, that, that's a possibility for you then. But anyone above that really right. maybe think about buying. An easy rider like yourself. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's used rider, to yeah. interstate, lots interstate of, trips. Lots of road trips, yeah. yeah. Lots of long miles. Okay, well, what in that case, we understand then that that's one of the situations in which it might be better mm-hmm. to buy a car is if you are going to be driving over a conventional mileage limit for a lease. Yeah, that's right. It's not, but it's not the only reason. It's not just mileage isn't the only factor to come in. Right. This. There's a lot of factors. In fact, um, in our in our article, there was a uh, gentleman that um, was called upon. His name is Philip Reed, and he's a consumer advice editor at Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And Philip's or Mr. Reed, his advice is um, he says that leasing versus buying isn't just a, a financial difference; it's a lifestyle choice. And what he means by that is that um, if you're if you're someone who trades cars often, you know, like if you always want a new vehicle, if you uh. constantly want to upgrade, update um, every couple of years, and then then leasing's for you. Uh, if you're well, if you lease, your payments tend to be much less than if you purchase a vehicle. And we'll talk about that when we mm-hmm. get to it. But um, leases are uh, leasees, the people who lease vehicles, they're also able to drive you know relatively nice new cars all the time, and um, I don't know, maybe a car that they couldn't have afforded otherwise. You know, if you were going to go through the traditional, right. um, you know, go through the bank and, and finance everything, uh, you may not have been able to afford quite that level of vehicle. That Bentley will put you back. <laughs> that Bentley will. Yeah, that's right. Um, so anyways, there's, there's a lot of positives uh, and a couple of drawbacks to leasing as well. So we can we can go through those if you want. Yeah, let's do the uh, – let's – you know what? Let's do the positives. Mm-hmm. Um, but – because we already kind of touched on those, mm-hmm. and then let's do the negatives. Take it down a little bit, and then you know maybe we'll bring it back up. <laughs> sure, we can. We right. we got to talk about buying as well, buying versus leasing. So, yes, uh, we'll do that too. All I right. promise. Um, so a couple of positives, and I'll just run through these real yep. quick. Um, again, there's low upfront cost because oftentimes you won't have a down payment required. Oh, um, that you got me. Not always. 
Not always, though. In fact, um, take a look at some examples here where usually there's something required up front. Um, It's not always a hefty down payment, though, Um, where with a purchase, they almost always require a down payment. Almost always. Um, There's always exceptions. Do they do maybe trade-ins or? Trade-ins are another thing, and that's uh, that's really with buying, though, if you're going to buy a vehicle. So um, we'll get to that, too. We'll get to that. But um, that'll take money off the top end. Okay. Um, another positive of a lease is that, again, you get a, um, well, you get lower monthly payments typically uh, when you're leasing versus buying. Um, leases are also easier to be approved for versus a car loan oftentimes. So if you're going to a bank or a, another financial institution mm-hmm. of some kind, rather it's the, it may even be the uh, manufacturer's um, corporate, you know, like GMAC or Chrysler Financial or whoever. Right. Um, ooh, I don't know if they're around anymore. Um Anyways, the the, uh, the the corporation's leasing center, mm-hmm. um, if uh, maybe easier to get a lease versus a uh, an actual absolute loan, um, and the last positive here that I have, at least on the list, anyways, is uh, there's little or no um, maintenance cost for the vehicle throughout the life of the lease because you know typically you're talking about a 24 month or a 36 month lease, and the vehicle is brand new, still under mm-hmm. warranty. You can just about take it back for everything. I mean, unless you have body damage, something like that, um, you know, that you need to pay for out of pocket, your via insurance or whatever. Um, but you know, tires, things like that, expendables, of course. And you know, oil changes are often covered. Mm-hmm. Um, anything goes wrong with the powertrain, of course, you're probably covered. Um, you know, door handle falls off, whatever. Uh, so maintenance costs are really low. Whereas if you buy the vehicle, you still get the warranty. But beyond that warranty, which is typically, you know, typically ends around the I don't know, three or four or five year mark, mm-hmm. um, or the mileage mark, um, those costs all come right to you. So, you know, the maintenance costs do go up after a period of time with the vehicle. Scott, Scott, we both know that uh, I have poor impulse control. So, right now, yeah. those sound like a lot of pros. Take me down, man. Talk <laughs> me down right, from the ledge. Here's, here's some of the downsides, I all guess. Right. And, and, um, I, I don't know if these are, these aren't really terrible or anything, but there, there is a higher insurance cost. Um, okay. Now, the insurance often includes something called gap insurance, and gap insurance is what you pay in the event that, you know, you don't pay it in the event, you, you pay it no matter what, but you pay it based on the idea that if you were to total that vehicle, let's say valued at $40,000, right? the insurance company has to pay repay all of that amount. So you're paying your insurance in your, within your payment, it's rolled into your payment, but it's it's based on the idea that you may total that vehicle and have to pay back and they will have to pay back the full price to the dealer that owns it. I think I see where so, you're going. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a higher cost there. Yeah. Um, here's one that's kind of, we just said that there's not often a down payment required, but if there is a down payment, and often there is, because I've been watching for this, you know, if you look at vehicles like, um, I'm just going to take an example, like a Cadillac or something okay. like that. A lot of times you'll see at the end of, or a Lexus or something a little high end maybe, um, a lot of times at the end of the the ad they'll say that there's you know forty five hundred dollars required at um, required at signing. At, at signing and uh, you know the down payment is is pretty significant and that's money that just simply goes out of your pocket you never get that back uh, because on your next lease you're going to be expected to do the same down payment or whatever the down payment is for the vehicle that you're getting so um, it it doesn't come back to you um, you're not building equity with the lease as well right. which is another point we're talking about um, yeah. in a moment but. Um, that $4,500 is just kind of getting you into that vehicle. You know what? I'm glad that we talked about this before I called somebody to start leasing a car because, <laughs> and, and seriously, those, those upsides sound pretty good, but if you think about it, are, is somebody who's leasing a vehicle, 
are they saving money or are they just moving the cost around? Well, you know? it's a it's a bit of I don't even know if they're saving money. They're just moving it around. I guess they're delaying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's even the right way to say it. it it's a yeah. tricky situation because we'll, we'll talk about time in just a moment. About um, you know when we get to um, the cost of ownership over five years for a lease vehicle versus when you're purchasing a vehicle and then ten years. So mm-hmm. you know what? As a matter of fact, let me just do that right now. Yeah, let's just let go me, uh, right to it. Uh, why don't you fill some time? Here I, I would love to <laughs> tell you a story very quickly, actually. And this is this is interesting. Um, my mother uh, is the owner of a hybrid, and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna specify which one or which company. But the the funny thing that happened on the way to the grocery store, uh, her car had a you know check engine light or something of that nature come on, mm-hmm. and which we have an earlier podcast about, and. Uh, then the car locked up and froze, and she could not, for the life of her, get it to start. So it's still under warranty, so it was taken to the dealership, and then they looked at it, and the part of the engine that had malfunctioned was uh, something that would only be there to support the hybrid part of the engine. Hmm, okay. However, it did not qualify for the warranty because it wasn't considered part of the hybrid system. Really? Yes. Yeah, so there was some fine print there, and you know, warranties oftentimes have a, have a bad reputation, get a bad rap because people say there's a devil in the details, you know. Yeah. But um, it's interesting to think that if she had leased the vehicle instead of purchased it, that she would have been more likely to have that covered. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. I'd, yeah. I've never heard of anything like that, Ben. That's interesting. Um, you, you don't happen to know what the name of the part was or what what. Again, I, I don't. I don't want to say the names okay, of, the, gotcha. of the the make or the model or anything. Yeah. But it was definitely. I believe it is a a harness. It's a it's a part of a harness that only exists in hybrid engines. Okay. But still, because it's not directly powered by the engine, mm-hmm. it, I think it's powered by the internal combustion engine to. Uh, Oh, you know what? I'm that, gonna. Our that's list, okay. Our listeners are way too smart. I don't want to misspeak. <laughs> it's a go between between the hybrid system yes, and, the, and yeah. the combustion engine. But it didn't qualify because she purchased it, and it probably would have had she leased it. Interesting. All right, I found my notes. All right. Oh, good. Okay, it took well, that a long worked time. out well. Good. Nice, uh, nice filler there. That worked. Hey, I, I've got three more in case we need <laughs> three to, more. Yeah. You may need them. I'm going to have to search here in just a minute. <laughs> All but, right. Um, I'm going to read this. This almost comes directly from our article. So um, this is a five-year example, a cost of ownership example. Oh, good. Of a vehicle that is based on, and this is from Edmonds, really, um, based on a $20,000 car financed with a three-year loan at 6% interest. Okay. Okay. Um, what Edmonds found was after a five-year period, the real cost of owning a car was actually slightly higher than leasing. Now, that we're going to come back to this in a minute, but um, with the monthly payments, the down payment, maintenance, insurance, taxes, state fees, and interest, the total mm-hmm. cost of ownership came to $32,388 for five years. Wow. So you're paying with all those extra fees and, and yeah. costs and interest and everything. Under the same circumstances, the cost for leasing the car during a five-year period uh, – of time totaled thirty two thousand one hundred and forty dollars. So it's close, very close. I mean, within a couple hundred dollars. Close. Yeah. Um, so initially, it seems like leasing is a more affordable way to go, right? I mean, that's what slightly. Okay. So here's the thing, though, and there's always a here's the rub. Like here's said, the rub. Here's, it's always a, there's always a rub. All right. In a ten year scenario, 
well, because very few people drive a car for just ten years or just five years, rather, if, if right. they own the vehicle. So we're taking it kind of it was a skewed look at it, I guess, if you want to say that um, you know leasing the car for five years versus owning it for five years, because most people will own a car for more than five years. So yeah. if we take this and extrapolate it out to ten years, which is kind of ridiculous that you're going to lease a vehicle for ten years, but Let's do it anyways because that that kind of gives you a, a more clear picture of what you're spending, really. Okay. Um, your insurance is going to decrease. Your maintenance costs are going to are going to. I'm sorry. The insurance is going to decrease. Mm-hmm. The maintenance costs are going to increase. And you have to understand that you're not going to have any payments for that last five or seven years of ownership. Whereas with a lease vehicle, mm-hmm. you would continually make payments, even though they're smaller. You'd still make payments for those those additional five or seven years, uh, depending on how long the term of your lease or loan would be, I guess. Um, so when you add up all the costs and uh, you finally, yeah, I mean, this this is where you see the benefit of buying versus uh, versus leasing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a ridiculous scenario, 10-year lease, sure. but maybe it'll happen. Who possibly knows? has happened. Um, it, possibly. Yeah, it possibly has happened. Um, so with adjustments for maintenance and operational costs, et cetera, the total cost of that $20,000 car is up to $43,000 if, um, if you own it for 10 years. Okay. Now, if you had leased that same vehicle for 10 years, uh-huh. $64,000 is what you would have ended up paying for that $20,000 car. Which is a, now, a, a whole new lease at that point almost. That's 20000 it's, it's more than a whole new lease because it's... Um, yeah, you're talking about a twenty thousand dollar car that's now cost you sixty four thousand dollars. Wow! In, in ten years, where you could have had three new vehicles in three year increments for much less. So, again, this is it, it's confusing as heck when you look at the numbers. But yeah. you're paying all these different fees and, and um, depreciation, and you don't get the money back in for your um, your down payment, mm-hmm. uh, which you do sort of in a uh, in, in a purchase situation but mm-hmm. you get much less back and that's due to car depreciation and in a roundabout way not to not to uh roll over you here but mm-hmm. in, in a roundabout way um these costs can come back for somebody leasing a vehicle it sounds like one of our main playing factors here is time but as you said before there are some other variables that people need to keep in mind that make it even more confusing because we mentioned state fees, which vary on a state-by-state basis. Correct. We mentioned insurance, which varies widely depending on your MVR or your, I'm sorry, your record. Well, and, so. uh, and it also just depends on what county you live in. Yeah. Um, it depends on if you live in the inner city or if you live in a suburb or if you live sure. way out in the country or if you live um, in a state, a state mm-hmm. that has lower insurance rates overall. Yeah. Um, it, there's a lot of different factors to look at here, and uh, percentage rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, percentage rates play high into this because um, you know you can get a zero percent interest loan at, at times. You've seen those offers before. Mm-hmm. You've seen one point nine. Um, a lot of these were figured at six percent. So you know six percent is just kind of an average, uh, maybe like a credit union type uh, type loan. Um, I don't know, there's just a, a million variables, and then depreciation of that vehicle. Uh, there's an example of car depreciation in that article. Uh-huh. Um, the depreciation was that and this is that ten year example. Okay. So let's say you bought a um, you bought a, you know the bought or leased vehicle was a nineteen ninety eight Camry. All right. Um, so that was about well ten years ago. Let's just say um, the MSRP in that car. So brand new, the car was was the base price is twenty one thousand dollars. Okay. And after ten years, or well, let's see, I guess that would be um, nine years. 
that vehicle is valued valued at four thousand and seventy five dollars. Wow! I know that's a wow. lot. That's a lot, and that is in excellent condition. So if you kept your car in excellent condition for ten years, which is that's pretty difficult to keep a car yeah. in excellent shape for ten years. That vehicle, I mean, you've only, you're only getting four thousand dollars back on a twenty one thousand dollar initial investment. And then you can take that, but but what you can do with that four thousand dollars is that you can trade that in on the next vehicle if you were to purchase it. Right. You can say I've got four thousand dollars worth of trade in here. Knock that off the top end of my next twenty one thousand dollar car, and now you've got you know you've only got seventeen thousand to finance, which dramatically lowers your payments and that makes it even better. So um, if you get in the cycle of buying, it's better if you have something to to hand back to them at the end. If you're leasing that money's gone it's like you're yeah. starting it's, it's exactly like that you're starting over again every three years or every four years or whatever your lease term is so you're not building any equity but if you're buying you are building equity scott i'm going to ask you something that sounds left field but just go with me here because mm-hmm. we're going to get back on track pretty quickly okay uh have you ever seen the shining i have stanley kubrick movie yeah kid in there has the shining or he's psychic or yeah. whatever kids nuts uh what is he, Scott? Because I have a little bit of the shining. <laughs> Do you really? Uh, you know, yeah, just really? a tad, just a tad. Talk to your finger goes. like that? Uh, no, no, I, I outgrew that last oh, summer. Okay. But um, no, I, I've got a little bit of what they call the shinning on The Simpsons. <laughs> and um, and that that little tingle, that little extrasensory perception there is telling me that um, this is very confusing for somebody to just hear and try to follow up on their own. So somewhere out there i can just sense it there's somebody who wants a very clear explanation you know maybe a way to <laughs> to just figure it out or do, well is there somewhere they can go there are a lot of places you can go as a matter of fact and that's i'm glad you brought that up because i probably would have forgotten that in, in this pile of notes that i have here but um there are all kinds of buying versus leasing calculators that you can mm-hmm. go to and oftentimes the manufacturers will even have them on their sites um you know, banks and, and other lenders have them as well. Uh, what it does is it, it spells out very clearly for you what your payments would be based on, um, you know, the, the rate of the loan, the, the length of the loan that you're looking for, mm-hmm. the length of the lease you're looking for. Um, you know, it tells you exactly what the, the state and, you know, the, the taxes and other information would be. Um, it, it gives you very clear, if you have a trade-in vehicle, what that, what that buys for you. Um, very clearly, it'll tell you what your lease payment is versus what your purchase payment would be based on the money that you're willing to front and as well as, you know, the, the specific make and model of the year and uh, model of the car, rather. And um, I don't know, just really clear, clear calculators. And they're real simple, easy to fill in information, you know, four or five lines each. But um, they give you a very precise idea of what you'll be paying, you know, mm-hmm. buy versus lease. And that's a really important step to take. Uh, before, because any kind of vehicle you get, any expense like this is really a commitment, and you're kind of you're you're probably going to buy or lease a vehicle that you will rely on for transportation, probably for your livelihood. So it's it really pays off to do the research. To reiterate what uh, Mr. Reed said, it, it's kind of a lifestyle commitment. I was skeptical yeah, at first, is. but and you I, kind you of know, sold me. It, it is. It's it's a lifestyle commitment, and the thing is. I've got I've got a bunch of examples here, but I don't even th- think I want to go into them because okay. um, we think we've kind of exhausted this one. But really, it depends on what you. Just to wrap it up, yeah. 
I guess kind of concisely here is that you know when you're when you're leasing you're starting over again every couple of years you're starting over with a new lease if you're mm-hmm. buying you're building equity you're you're continually in the cycle of, of buying and selling back vehicles and in whatever way you choose to do that whether it's to another person to get the money to to use free down payment whatever um, but again it's it varies from person to person from mm-hmm. from situation to situation so it's different for everyone mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of information available online just make sure that you're making an informed decision because uh, there's a lot of choices out there well, I guess that does wrap it up. That was pretty good, man. That was the talking points. I appreciate it. Those Thank were you. the talking points, Thanks. to be a little bit grammatical. Um, so I guess then we're we're done with this. Thank you for talking me out of leasing a vehicle. I'm sure oh, my... Uh, no, see, I didn't mean to talk you out of it. You need to look into it yourself. You need to find out if, you're, if you qualify. And if you do, have at it. If you don't, then buying's the right way. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hopefully our listeners there are uh, better with impulse decisions than I am. <laughs> but uh, you guys, thank you again for tuning in. Looks like it's about time for uh, Scott and me to head out uh, to the wild frontier of the internet. And we will see you again later this week. Uh, in the meantime, send us an email if you'd like at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.